Hey, Brazilian Dragon Squad. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you don't know where to look? Anchor is your solution. It's really easy to use, and it's also free, so it's the best of both worlds. You can record the podcast using Anchor's creation tools, or you can upload your audio when you have it all recorded elsewhere, and Anchor will do all the distribution for you. It's really easy, it's really simple, and best of all, it's free. Create your podcast today on anchor.fm. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. And we are going back to the Neo movies to talk about the Simpsons movie, a staple from 2007, July 27th, 2007, exactly my 10th birthday. And here is, here is me. Um, and I am Brazilian Dragon. I always clap for both Alaska and Hawaii. I don't want to leave Hawaii out of here. It is me, Felipe. And I'm not alone, as always. I can't go to the Naomi's Naomi movies without Naomi herself. She was born to lead and never to read. Naomi, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I, uh, you know, I went down a rabbit hole of my middle school slash high school vibes, and uh, I'm not looking back. I'm having a great time. We love that for you, and we are not alone. We have a bona fide Simpsons expert. You know her best from the Simpsons Then and Now podcast, as well as BoJack Horse Pod, as well as other RHAP appearances. Uh, she loves to make hot cocoa on a windowsill. It is Lindsay. Lindsay Wilson, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. I feel like you have set me up as someone who is a Simpsons expert. And then the first thing I'm going to say is I had never seen this movie. So, <laughs> so we'll see how, how that holds up. Listen, you are a television Simpsons expert. You don't, you don't <laughs> foray into the cinematic universe. That's right. That's right. TV um, exclusive. Yes. So first off, uh, Lindsay, what, hello. Uh, what is your background with The Simpsons? And tell us about your podcasts. Yes, absolutely. So first of all, absolute pleasure to be here. So excited about this. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Uh, my <laughs> main Simpsons knowledge, I guess, I think it's probably the first show I can remember watching. Uh, one, one of the things that we talk about a lot on our podcast, The Simpsons Then and Now, we talk about how pretty much everyone we speak to is like, oh, I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was a kid. And I feel like my parents were like, well, it's a cartoon. That's fine. So, so I remember watching it from like age four or something. And it was probably the most formative show in terms of my sense of humor. Um, I watched it up through season 15 very religiously. And then I just died. It just fell off from there. I think we decided it was like the season premiere of season 15 or something that I stopped watching forever. Didn't watch the movie. It was super bitter. And now we have the Simpsons That and Now podcast where we go back and look at an old, aka good episode and contrast it with a new, aka much worse episode. And we just talk about like how the how the show has developed over time, how it's changed, what's stayed the same. Basically, we just like look for things that can redeem the new episodes and complain a lot. So I, I'm hoping to be more positive today. I will do my best, but uh, we'll see. Yes, I'm trying to look at what season was okay so season 19 was the first season after the movie so 
uh, you had jumped off a few seasons earlier. Yes, um, we've we've spoken a couple of times on the show to Rob Oliver. He's one of the directors of the show. Yeah. And he talks he talks a lot about the switch over to like digital animating, and I know that was a that was a big deal around this time. So, yeah, Naomi, what is your background with The Simpsons? Well, I. I am not a Simpsons person. I'm actually a Futurama person. Ah. And I, uh, I never really grew up with the Simpsons. I don't think my parents were fans either. And I think I was just a little bit too young to like get into the Simpsons when it was really in its prime and its heyday. Um, now this movie, Felipe, you said it came out on 2007, right? Yes. So I was about 13 when this movie came out. Which is to say that like the Simpsons didn't really hit uh, in for me until this movie, but then I wasn't compelled to keep watching. So it, it's this weird like uh, space for me where I'm like maybe one day I'll go back and watch the Simpsons. And I always appreciate a good like Simpsons joke that I see on the Twitter timeline. But I'm not a Simpsons person. I'm a I'm a Futurama loser for life. So would you say that you're kind of the opposite of Lindsay, where like your biggest experience with the Simpsons was this movie? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess, which is a very sad thing to say, but yes, that is correct. Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm definitely somewhere in the middle. Like my mom had the first season DVD. So I watched uh, Bart the Genius and Bart the General specifically a lot, <laughs> those two episodes. Um, and then this movie I was like super excited for and definitely probably because it was like the biggest movie that ever came out on my birthday and probably will ever come out on my birthday. Um, and I we were in Vancouver at the time and I was like begging my parents to take me uh and we went we drove all the way to the theater and then there was such a long line that they were sold out before like the line was even halfway done and then so we went back the next day um and I saw it so I didn't technically see it on my birthday but I'll, I'll continue to lie and say I did uh and oh, I just I, oh go ahead I was gonna say that reminds me I need to text the family group chat and ask if we saw this movie in theaters because I think we did <laughs> Yeah, um, I just remember leaving the theater. I really had to go to the bathroom because I drank like a giant soda. We got one of those collectible popcorn buckets that we took back to Boston or we brought back to Boston. Um, and I just- You brought a collectible bucket on the plane? In the suitcase. It was like, it was, a... it was that the paper so one. Absurd. It wasn't the tin. <laughs> That's so much worse. It's like covered That's in much... grease. It's so much worse. Listen, I was obsessed. Um, I was even Bart Simpson for Halloween later that year. So I, and then I quoted like the spider pig song lives rent free in my head. I often say I was born to, I was born to lead, not to read. Uh, whenever I didn't want to do my homework, I, I love this movie and I am definitely biased. So we'll see, we'll see how Lindsay feels as someone who was against this movie, but I'm excited to talk about it because I probably could have done this podcast without rewatching it, but I was like, no, I need to rewatch it because I've seen it that many times. Wow. Uh, Na Naomi, was this only your second time re-experiencing it or had you seen no, it? No, this movie, this movie was a movie I watched a lot with my brother um, and my father. Cause I think my, this is a movie that's like the epitome of like, my mother would be mad that we were watching it. Um, yeah. Not because like my mother's like some, She's not really uptight, but like, I think she just knew that it was like rotting our brains a little bit. And like, she didn't love it, but my dad and my brother and I all found it very, very funny. So we, we had it on DVD at, in the Calhoun household. So yeah, I, I've seen this movie quite a few times. I'm not the biggest Simpsons fan. And I wish I like knew more of like, I was more familiar with like the classic era. Um, but 
I love this instance so much that I wrote a paper on it in college and I even sent it to Nick Iadanza because when I met him in Boston, he like, I remember he loved the sentence. I was like, oh my God, I wrote a paper on this subject. He's like, can I use so it for wait, my teaching the, class? Yeah, what did you write a paper on if you haven't seen the early Simpsons? Right? No, it was about the, it, so the project was song, talk about a television show from before 2000 and how it like changed American media. Wow. It was like a research paper slash like, I, I talked a lot about Bart Simpson because I'm obsessed. Um, <laughs> so Lindsay, who is your favorite Simpsons character? I know you've discussed this on the podcast proper, but. Yeah, so I, I'm a big Lisa guy, I gotta say. Yeah. Um, so hey. so when I go back and say like, I love the early Simpsons, it's I have a very basic opinion. It's I love seasons one through eight. I will watch them over and over and over again. Pretty much every episode that we watch for the podcast I'm like annoyingly just quoting it all back like it's terrible yeah. podcasting for the first half where I'm just like man wasn't this hilarious <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's that but yeah I think I'm definitely Elisa because we have a lot in common like we're indignant about the same things we find the same things annoying and are just generally like exasperated a lot of the time but current Lisa, and I think we'll get into it a little bit, but the more modern version of Lisa is like a little bit of a caricature of like a yeah. social justice warrior kind of thing. Um, you've like, often discussed on the podcast that like almost every single Simpsons character has been flanderized mm -hmm. in its and Lisa is definitely an example of that, Homer as well, so... Yeah, I think the, the best example with Lisa, and this is like me getting really in the weeds for your podcast, I apologize. No, I, lo I, I, Lizzie, I love this so much because I... I want to think so critically about The Simpsons, but I know nothing about it. So please like, <laughs> put this in my brain. Okay, beautiful. So one of the things that we discussed there, I think it was like last year that Hank Azaria decided to stop voicing Apu just because yeah. it was getting increasingly problematic. And so one of the things that the show was criticized for was that they were starting to get some pushback about this. And there was like a documentary about Apu and the show responded to it by being like, well, I guess something just seemed like a good idea at the time. And then I guess it, we just outgrew it or something. Like, and they had Lisa say that and hold up a picture of Apu as she was saying it. So they were trying to be like, oh, look, the moral center of the show is making this statement about how like it's okay because it's how we've always done it. And there was a lot of backlash against that because it's like, you obviously made Lisa do this on purpose just to retire the character. It's time. Anyway, it took them a while longer before they did it. It was like multiple years before they finally retired him. Yeah. Uh, have they officially retired him or did they just change voice actors? They officially retired him as okay. of sometime last year, I believe, or maybe it was even early this year, but I think it was, I think it was end of last year. Okay. That's, that's at least something finally. Yeah. Like, long overdue. Um, Naomi, do you have a favorite Simpsons character? So um, I was also a big, like Lisa was definitely one of the characters that I remember as a kid hearing about and seeing in vague ways and being like, she feels like me. Um, I also played the saxophone. I'm also annoying and opinionated. Um, and people didn't like me when I was a kid sometimes. And I feel like I, I always identified with Lisa in that way. Um, but I kind of, I kind of love and hate Maggie. See, I was gonna <laughs> say you're kind of, you give me Maggie vibes because you're also yeah. a queen. Yeah, like Maggie has really funny moments, I find, but then Maggie also gets used so little and often for the same thing over and over again that she like, when she's really funny, it's hilarious. And then when it's like, sometimes it's just like, oh God, this is like, all right, the, you know, this is nothing. I also just remember that 
I actually do remember I have one other Simpsons memory, which is I watched the Christmas special where they get Santa's little helper. Yeah. We had oh, the that first on v- episode. Mm-hmm. We had that on VHS for some reason, and and I would I would watch that all the time around the holidays for whatever reason, but nothing else. I don't know why yeah. that's the one DVD DVD VHS my parents had <laughs> that we watched of The Simpsons. That's yeah. an episode Lindsay covered. I, was it recent or was it at the New Year? Or it was, yeah, I, we it was for our Christmas episode. We did yes. that one and one of the more recent Christmas ones because it was like. It's a weird choice to make your first episode ever a Christmas special, but <laughs> that's what they did. Yeah, that is so strange. It's so, I, mean, I, that's, I guess that's why I forgot it was the first episode, because I'm like, who the fuck would make a Christmas episode their first episode? <laughs> the Simpsons. The Simpsons did. Uh, but yeah, should we get into the movie itself? Let's do it. Yeah, so we start off with Ralph Wiggum singing the 20th Century Fox. Wait, actually, before we get into the movie, Lindsay, what did you know about the movie since you had never seen it? This is a great question, actually. So um, I knew that there was a spider pig. I knew <laughs> the only reason that I knew this part actually was because I think like uh, probably a month ago, the most recent episode that we covered on the show was uh, the 500th episode. And it's about them moving and basically being like driven out of town. And a lot of the criticism of that episode was like, this is the same as the movie. And I was like, oh, so apparently they get driven out of town. I knew there was something about Alaska and that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now we'll start with the recap because I that was something that I needed to ask and I forgot to ask. But oh, um, Ralph Wiggum starts with the 20th Century Fox uh, song. And then we get the, the itchy and scratchy little movie that they're at the movie theater for. And Homer stands up and he's like, anyone who like pays to see a movie on the big screen when they could just watch this on TV at home is an idiot. And then he points at the audience. Um, so there's like a lot of meta commentary throughout this movie about like this being like a movie on the TV uh, or a TV show movie. Um, and then we get the uh, intro credits and I like the, I like the Bart, uh, I will not illegally download this movie. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so we start and it's the Green Day cover of The Simpsons. So you had no idea that Green Day was in this movie? No idea. No idea. Did <laughs> you know Tom Hanks was in this movie? Nope. I knew none nope. of the cameos. I will say one thing that it comes up constantly on our podcast is how much I hate Ralph. He is my least favorite character. So I was like, when I was messaging you, I was saying like, is it okay if I like say mean things about this movie? Or yes. is this like a no. super positive recap we're going to be doing? Go ahead, please. <laughs> Naomi and I trashed the Pink Panther movie recently. So like, yep. I, I will, I am definitely biased. So I want to hear the criticisms because I, that's why we asked you because famously <laughs> I've never seen the movie, but I'm like, okay, but this is a Simpsons expert who like has takes that are probably more valued than anything I could say about how much I love this movie when I was 10. So. <laughs> well, well, I guess uh, what- I, oh, I was going to say, I first of all, before we start shitting on this movie, I actually really liked the, um, the intro sequence to the new theme song. Cause they mm-hmm. based very clearly, they were like, okay, we have a huge budget. We can do a lot more with animation. Let's go absolutely all out. And like the intro, I think is a good example of that. And I thought it was fun to sort of like go through in a not typical Simpsons. Um, like, you know, it's a very iconic opening sequence. And I thought it was interesting that they sort of changed it. And I'm curious if Lindsay, you liked that they changed it up or, or thought that it was silly to change it up. No, I actually like it a lot. I think it's really like to your point, I think there's something about this that feels very like they did a good job of making it feel larger than itself. So it's not just like, oh, this is like an 88 minute 
episode of The Simpsons. Like it feels like an event. It feels like they really put a lot into it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that talking to Rob Oliver has done is it made, has made me appreciate how much work goes into these sorts of like opening sequences and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I was definitely like, okay, yeah, this is an event. They have decided to make this a big deal. I did hate that it opened on Ralph Wiggum doing <laughs> the stupid singing. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to hate this movie. It's <laughs> like, okay, it's fine. Uh, so I, I actually liked it a lot that they changed up the intro. We had like only two scenes with Ralph in this movie and that was one of them. So I yes. think just like, at least there wasn't a lot of Ralph in this movie for Lindsay. Yes, um, yes, thankfully. But I did read that they were like considering making like a live action Simpsons movie or a CGI Simpsons movie. And I'm very glad they didn't. Yes. Um, what, so it can be like that freak show, the CGI Charlie Brown, like, oh my God, what a nightmare. <laughs> Especially in like 2007, 2008 vibes. Like Jimmy like, Neutron kind of aesthetic oh, from like, Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah like what a nightmare that would have been there's yeah. a treehouse of horror segment that they did where they like briefly let homer go into the 3d realm and famously alex thought that like the show was just going to be a live action from then on <laughs> yeah i'm very glad that like i was reading that they they had even um before i forget the character the guy who who's kind of like saul goodman in the simpsons like where he's like kind of like cuts corners legally um what's his name i'm gonna google this but he was like um supposed to have like a live action tony mcclure maybe is that a character tony no not him not fat tony the other tony oh troy mcclure troy mcclure sorry he's the he's the actor and then there's lionel hutz who's the who's the lawyer yes okay Okay. troy mcclure like it was supposed (laughs) to be like a live action prequel of his life or something oh my god (laughs) that was like an idea that they tossed around but um, oh. they, that didn't happen. We end up with Green Day playing a benefit concert for three and a half hours, and then they want to talk about the environment. And Lisa's very excited, but then they just throw like rocks and tomatoes at them, um, and they sink like the Titanic. Um, <laughs> which then we go to their funeral at the church. And uh, stop me if you have any notes that you want to speak on. I'm just gonna go through like the oh, plot. I was just gonna. I was waiting for you to look green day dying was a very visceral memory for me (laughs) about this movie. And like in retrospect, it's a lot less traumatic, but I just remember as a child being like, they like sunk into the dirty river. Like I was so sort of kind of fucked up by it, which is very funny in retrospect, how it's like really, uh, uh, tame in comparison to what my brain was doing were you a big I, green oh go ahead Lindsay. sorry i loved that there was a funeral version of american idiot for them to oh. like tragically play at their funeral. what a perfect joke what a perfect so joke yeah. yeah very good naomi were you a big green day head oh yeah absolutely uh i was i was listening to green day really loud on the bus in like eighth grade to seem sort of alternative um and try and get the boy i had a crush on to think i was cool um <laughs> Did it work? I no, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. Well, I, also, I what I like about this, what I like about the overall premise of this movie, there's a lot of facets to it. But what I'm actually a big fan of is how uh, they understand that, like the the world that the Simpsons live in, these people are dumb, and that they're kind of they would be the people who'd be like, oh, like I don't want to hear about the environment right now. Like there's such a a fun element of like how dumb they're willing to make their characters whereas I feel like a lot of shows and just in general 
TV holds their characters in such like rev like reverence and like really respects them. And The Simpsons is like, no, they're all assholes. Like they're all dumb. It's fine. Don't worry about it. They're all they all suck really bad. And like I love that about this movie that they're like, yeah, let's just make everybody really shitty. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and it makes the redemption that much better. I think. I, I agree. I agree with that part. Um, but yeah, so they're in church and uh, they Homer and the Simpsons family, they're all late. Um, and they're like, oh, this is so stupid. Why are we even here? Um, and then the pastor is like, okay, does anyone want to speak? And Flanders obviously raises his hand and he's like, oh, whatever, Ned. Um, and then grandpa, he has an epiphany via the, the light and he starts screaming about a twisted tails and a thousand eyes and Ipa, Ipa, Ipa. And I remember like this part, um, and who doesn't remember Ipa? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> this is, I, 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 I feel like the best. I, I'm curious to to know what Lindsay you think, but like, I really thought this was like a great story for a lot of the characters. If that makes sense, like, I feel like what sitcoms suffer from so often is like, they make a movie and like the B plot's pretty shitty or the C plot's pretty shitty, and like. They don't know what to do with all of their characters. And I actually feel like this movie knew what to do with, like, I would say, you know, the four major family members that have speaking roles. I think it found something for all of them. And I did really appreciate that about this movie, especially Marge. I really loved Marge's story in this whole movie. I thought it was like, they really tapped into like her being the emotional center of The Simpsons. And I thought it was really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I would generally agree with that. I think they like managed to find roles for all of them. And I don't feel like anybody gets like tired along the way. I did feel like I actually do think like the having the sort of parts of the prophecy is kind of an interesting way to structure it. But I think I noticed during this when like Ned is saying what he wants to confess and Homer's like, come on, be gay, be gay. And I was like, oh man, like, we're clearly like in the point of like, so early Simpsons, the sort of special thing about it is that it's always super grounded and like the stakes feel very close to home. And it's always like at the heart of it is like they're a family and they love each other. And then somewhere around like around this time or around 2003-ish, whenever, they start moving into like the easy jokes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. we're yeah. doing like the easy stuff. But, and the problem there is like the classic stuff then holds up super well. And then this stuff we're like, ooh, I'm not sure we should do this anymore. <laughs> like It doesn't hold up as well, I find. I think Alex has said it a few times on the podcast that like they lean into like the family guy. They don't really know what they're doing. They're like trying to compete with family guy. And then like later mm. in the, in the more modern episodes, it's like, okay, they're like just trying to like be like slightly wholesome, non-problematic, mm-hmm. like just something to watch that like for 30 minutes. And like, that's kind of like the arc is like really great classic stuff. Then like this, like weird middle era that's like trying to be edgy just to be edgy and then the like modern like where it's like kind of just like it's a show that's on yeah I remember learning that Greg Daniels was one of the like lead writers in the early days and he's also like the lead guy on the office and like Parks and Rec and I guess the thing that he always said in the writer's room was like go for real over funny like grounded as much as you can in reality and then it'll be funny and I feel like you can really see that in the early stuff like we're here it gets like more and more wacky as you as you go further in the there show. were definitely times like we can talk about like the whole like representation of indigenous people but like the the way Homer is like told which direction to go to Springfield I felt was very in that vein that we're talking about right now totally. yeah 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 well I think that's like the the I would say that not that Homer has the weak like the storyline of Homer as an idea is good but the execution like just does this thing where they go like well homer's dumb 
so we'll have him have all of the dumb stuff where like you know bart simpson is like a character that likes dumb and likes recklessness but he doesn't have as much i mean the kid drinks fucking whiskey in this movie and yet it's like more classy than a lot of what happens with homer <laughs> it, it, overall and i feel like that's just a sign of like they're they just see homer as like an ability to do like this really like stupid stupid comedy that i i agree with you guys totally is that like it's it's in com direct competition to family guy in a lot of terrible ways mm -hmm. yeah um oh god i hate family guy <laughs> we'll get there but i love the line where bart's like i'm troubled let me be I did <laughs> like like that. Um, <laughs> but so they end up rolling grandpa out in a carpet and going to a pancake place or no waffle and i remembered i was remembering that like they're having this argument and i was like oh and the grandpa says I want bananas on my waffles. On my waffles. Yeah, like <laughs> a lot of lines I would like think in my head right before they happen. I was like, that's how I know this movie. This is kind of like, unlike the Pink Panther where like, I just remembered it from seeing it once. Like this one, I like seen it so many times that I could like quote it back. Kind of like Lindsay was talking about how she would just like read lines from the episodes <laughs> back to Alex and just say, wasn't this funny? Like I was like, oh my God, I remember all these lines. Um, this bit with grandpa is actually kind of interesting because like later in the show there's like multiple jokes where homer's just like god i hope grandpa is dead soon and here he's just like kissing him very sweetly it's a nice little yeah. dynamic he was very happy that grandpa got them out of church early yeah um yeah oh, i love that i love that joke about church also because there there are like a lot of funny small jokes like you know them showing up late to church i feel like that was my family we we're like we didn't go to church but we were late to everything you know, and like, we're always arguing with each other outside the function, then showing up and being like, hey, like, I that there, there, those are the moments where the Simpsons, like as a family feel really relatable. Like I have, I have a brother, although he's my little brother. And like, we're always just fighting all the time. Right. And like, that's kind of where the Simpsons feel the most connected is like when they're just being a family who kind of like doesn't like each other sometimes. Yeah, they're like, they're supposed to be like the everyday family and just like, very just buffoony versions of them and I that's why I kind of like them because they're just like cartoon characters literally and figuratively <laughs> um but they end up going and then uh I I, I thought I could do this without writing down any notes but uh they end up <laughs> going back home March is watching the the tape over and over um meanwhile uh Bart uh Homer has tasks to do and then he's like okay you know what, let me fix this sinkhole. And he puts the sandbox over the sinkhole. Uh, and then he goes to do shingles on the roof. Um, and he's like, okay, Bart, help me. And uh, is it, did this come first or did the Lisa stuff come first? I'm so unprepared. This is first, first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, but they're fixing and then they're like, okay, let's do dares. And um, so Bart climbs a telephone pole. Uh, Homer gets shot at by Bart with his BB gun. And then Homer's like, I dare you to race across Springfield naked on your skateboard. And he's like, well, the girls might see my doodle. And then uh, Homer's <laughs> like, okay, he, you're gonna be a chicken when you wake up. You're gonna be a chicken when you go to, and then Bart just goes off. And wasn't this also like in some other movie around this time, like the a live action version of like, sort of like a naked run around like with like all the different like things covering. Oh, I feel like Austin Powers did a yeah. lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. an Austin Powers bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like one of the things, and like I promise, in case your like listeners are like, who is this person who's just like such a dick about The Simpsons? Uh, <laughs> I promise I will be more positive in like the later part of the movie. <laughs> I had like yeah, a couple, I, 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 I feel like here. Sorry, yeah, this ahead. movie deserves to be like 
broken apart because I think it is both very good, <laughs> but then in some places, like, very glaringly not good. And I think The Simpsons as a whole uh, should should end. Like, people probably... I don't even watch The Simpsons that much, but I can just tell that it needs to end. And I feel like... <laughs> This is the this is the the boundary where we're dipping our toe into that y'all want to wrap it up now kind of era. Yeah, yeah. Well, like so, a couple things that I found like I found the beginning was like much weaker than later on. Like once they got settled into the story, I felt like it was way better. Mm-hmm. But like here at the beginning, where they're like on the roof and Homer gets like a hammer in the eye, and it's like yeah. that's something they rely on a ton in Modern Simpsons is like the gross out humor, and that's super Family Guy, right? And then uh, mm-hmm. Ned when Homer's shaking the roof and like trying to shake Bart off and he's like oh won't that make him a parapolygerino and I was like oh my god like if anyone needs to know what flanderization is like it's this this is the moment just just put this image in a dictionary yeah exactly like and like when Akiva came on the podcast he was like the the sense I'm getting is like you have a Simpsons podcast but you hate the Simpsons (laughs) so I promise I don't it's just I have a lot of like you just love the the early Simpsons I just love the early ones so much that it makes me like a real jerk about the later stuff I promise I'll be more positive later on but no but just like those (laughs) that's like that's kind of like me with like Survivor as like we are all Survivor fans like my god like the early seasons were so much better and now they're just like to like focus on idols and machinations and like I mean Lindsay you talked about Africa and you talked about Panama so you clearly love the old seasons too mm-hmm. and that's like me I'm like focus more on the characters and not on the twists and I don't know if Naomi can relate to this as a, a producer of an LRG but it's kind of like that with a lot of shows I feel like you're, you're you love what you grew up, grew up with and like what you grew to love and then totally. the later seasons just all feel like kind of bastardizations of the same show. Yeah, no, I think that's very, very, that's a good call with the, like, Africa and Panama, too. Like, definitely, there's a lot of nostalgia involved. And, like, I can still go back and be like, oh, classic Simpsons, so good. And then it just makes me bitter about the stuff that, like, now that I'm old and bitter, like, I don't like these new things that young people like. (laughs) Yeah, I also think that it's, like, I think part of the the reason that we do this podcast is, like, because Felipe and I both are in, like, the entertainment industry as a whole. And, like, I think a big part of, being somebody in this industry is like looking at what other people produce and saying like, well, what, what could I change? How could I make this better? And, you know, sometimes people really nail it. Like, I think like the first two seasons of Bob's Burgers are like pure gold, but like Mm -hmm. I haven't watched in a long time. And, you know, you think about the ways that you can improve the storytelling or change things because people get so set in what they know. It's the same, like, I have a lot of sort of gripes about like SNL, for example. And like, I think it's because they've just been on the air so long and nobody challenges them anymore, right? Nobody gives them any sort of like feedback of like, oh, I don't think this would work and there's no creative pushback. And um, I think it's it, I think it's worth pointing out a movie's flaws to recognize when movies are really, really good and when they're really hitting, you know, they're hitting the nail on the head. And then other times to say like, well, this is where movies can improve and we can think of more critically about movies that we still absolutely love because spider pig will never die you know know who didn't hit the nail on the head oh my god (laughs) oh boy yeah um Uh, also i think think bob's burgers is having a movie coming up soon because i know will's been talking about that so um i'm excited to to see what he thinks of that but uh yeah so they they have that and um i'll circle back to getting spider pig actually no let's just get spider pig now and then we'll go to the lisa stuff well we have to i think the i think the big part about this this early scene is like it establishes the storyline of bart hates homer as a dad 
and again I think this just goes back to like real life like sometimes your parent is an asshole or like you don't you don't think you're being treated or respected as like the child of this person and I love that they really utilize Flanders as like hey this person actually is a very good person and like cares very deeply about not only his own children but the people he's around and it's like a great storyline especially incorporating Flanders into it as a whole I think is like a perfect foil for what Homer is doing yeah, yeah exactly there's, oh, go ahead there's a there's an episode in like season eight or something where Bart joins the Boy Scouts and he like doesn't want Homer to come on this father-son thing because he's very much like oh my god Homer is terrible he's such an asshole and like Flanders really fills that role in that episode as well and there's like big competition between the two of them so I thought it was cool that they kind of bring that dynamic back because it is an interesting one like can you imagine having Homer as a dad and then like seeing Ned <laughs> just such a juxtaposition right and I, I really like the small little details where like Homer uh Flanders's kids were like oh no you're lucky you have Homer as a dad at the end and I was like kind of appreciating what you don't have like or what you have when you don't look for it like that so I did like that little twist at the end um but yeah I also have to say I I think that the Bart Simpson penis gag is one of the first penises I ever saw in a movie (laughs) or television now that I think about it kind of hard which is which is fucked up okay. and sad in its own way but i always I assumed it was correct. his finger like he put a, his like hand to cover it and it was like, his oh felipe come <laughs> on are you saying that now you watch this whole movie back and that's still what you walked away thinking no no i, I just i, I was okay, trying to Jesus make Christ. a joke i was worried for a second oh man i don't sounds know like you, i don't think i noticed like, is there like... actually like a do you see a penis did i miss a penis yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he they, <laughs> they do that gag, and then like, it, I mean, it's it's very, very uh, poorly drawn. If I'm, if I'm, you know, man was wow. critiquing it. No, no, no. <laughs> poorly drawn in a good way. It's good. The less detailed, the better. Um, but yeah, so he lands on the windowsill as Flanders is pr- praying, and um, then the the cops, which bountiful penis, <laughs> great line. I, I had to point out the freaking cop shot his skateboard. Like, what the heck? Like, yeah. So this is a thing that we've been noticing, especially in the last year, just with like so much of this discourse around like police behavior. One of the things that we've noticed is like the cops in this show are not afraid to pull a gun and it gets shot like pretty much every time Chief Wiggum's on screen, someone's going to get shot at. And often he is shooting at children. Yeah. I mean, even later in the movie, like he's eating donuts off the holster or off yeah. the gun. And yeah. like, shoots off. like, Naomi, we should, we have to stop covering movies that like talk about cops because I was not prepared for how much cop discourse would ha- be at the Naomi movies, this, this, these two <laughs> films. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Stuart Little has any cop content in it. My God. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, so he he literally shot the skateboard and Bart goes flying and then they like chain him. They don't even give him any clothes. Like if we need further examples of why the cops suck. Yes, Um, this is a tough look. um, So Nelson is laughing as as his mom. Um, That's his name, right? Nelson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nelson's probably my second least favorite character behind yeah. Ralph. Um, and, and with both of them, like they're not so bad early on, but they just become like such caricatures and just like the ha ha until sunset. Okay. But how do you feel about Martin? Um, so I really love him in the early okay. seasons. Uh, is he in this one? Yeah. He beats thing? up the, he beats, uh, Oh yes, yes, yes. I actually kind of like that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's like one of those that like I feel like might be in that scene. Like Lindsay doesn't like the the younger boys from Springfield Elementary. I feel like that's like a yeah, just like the nerdy boys. <laughs> um, wow, yeah, that's tell, the other. Mill has to go fuck himself, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tough luck for Milhouse in this episode during this movie too. <laughs> yeah, um, but th- we pass by the other Ralph Wiggum scene, the the where Bart skates by and he's like, I like men now. Um, which yeah. <laughs> I sent this scene. One. I sent this scene to Alex, and I was like, "What am I watching?" <laughs> he knows how I feel about Ralph, and yeah. this scene, I was just like, "Oh my god, uh, rough, <laughs> rough indeed." Um, but uh, there's a pig doing a commercial with Krusty, um, and then they're like gonna murder the pig. Uh, there was a racist joke in there too that I'm gonna just jump over uh, that Krusty made, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the pig goes to hug Homer, and Homer's like, I'm gonna adopt you. Um, so let's go back to Lisa. Lisa uh, is Candace. Can't kill him if he's wearing people clothes. <laughs> I love yeah. that line. That, did, <laughs> I, that, that was a funny line. Um, <laughs> yeah, the delivery on people clothes is so good. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, so Lisa is canvassing, and then there's an Irish guy, Colin, who uh, knocks on, is also canvassing. Um, and she falls in love. And I don't think we ever see Colin again in the later episodes. I'm going to Google this, but I'm pretty sure Colin was just in the movie. Colin, The Simpsons. Um, Naomi, talk you about also, Colin and Lisa. What a terrible Irish accent this is in retrospect. Like, I watched this movie and I was like, the voice work is weird. I mean, it's obviously like a, when you look at it, it's like a, it's a, a woman doing his voice because he's, you know, a little kid. And that's what they do a lot of the times. But like absolutely terrible irish accent like it is it is not even charming in the least bit Lindsay, did you do you, are, are we getting another shitting on colin uh <laughs> member of the chat here yeah it's funny because so i don't like did we look up who the voice was like is it anyone who does anything Tress mcneil yeah it's Tress mcneil Tress mcneil uh yeah if yeah, like i didn't consciously note like oh this is like a terrible character who i hate i did a lot of anim- animaniacs oh good uh, <laughs> appeared in futurama your beloved futurama naomi i too oh, love yeah. futurama i just want to get that on the record um yeah no i didn't notice it as like this is an abysmal voice but now that you say it, i'm like yeah it was a pretty bad accent <laughs> yeah, yeah um, the voice isn't even bad it's the accent that's bad yeah yeah i guess i didn't even i didn't even clock it but I will only, accept your criticism. He's only in the Simpsons movie, the opening sequence of He Loves to Fly and He Does It, which I think is the first episode after the movie. And then Lisa the Drama Queen, which is, uh, um, it is a uh, ninth episode of season 20, originally the season 19 finale in production order. So, um, okay. Uh, also, I did, I, I did like that. He was like, my dad's not Bono. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... What did we think of this little flirt man's? Was Lisa too head over heels for this man who was kind of basic? Yeah, Lisa, um, you're not old enough to date, so slow your horses. <laughs> no, I just think this character is like, I hate this trope of movies where they go like, all right, we're in a movie verse now. Let's bring in a character that we'll never see again. It always frustrates me. It's like, establish the character. Yeah, yeah. I think like for me, there's often a bit of a, like push and pull for me where I'm like 
I like the moment sometimes where Lisa gets to be a kid instead of just being like over the top moral compass. But in this, they do really like bring her down. It's like, oh, I just love him so much. It's like, all right, she wouldn't totally lose her head. Like she's yeah. had romances before in the show and she like manages to stay coherent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they end up canvassing. We also see how polluted the lake is. Um, so they go to the town hall meeting and they're like the they demonstrate how the pollution is awful and then the mayor's like okay no more polluting in the lake and then they even show the example of like um what's the what's the dummy's name that with the rat Clevis. Clevis. oh (laughs) yeah and there's like an idiot proof wall and he's like boom and he tries he can't he can't throw the rat in there um that won't stop a lot, of, a lot of cletus content in this movie i have to say mm-hmm. like exceptionally a lot of content considering how many characters that just exist in the simpsons first cletus getting like multiple scenes is kind of wild yeah it is surprising <laughs> he yeah um i think I, I don't think his family gets it's just him so, yeah it so. did kind of make me laugh when he's like trying to throw the like possum in or whatever and he's like i simply can't, <laughs> I simply can't. <laughs> it does amuse me when people say they simply can't do things so. <laughs> i simply yeah. could never <laughs> there were some funny like dialogue lines like the way they were like i'm troubled when bart said that and then i simply mm-hmm. can't like i do love when they they creatively say something in a funnier way than it than the line could be read. Yeah, I feel like Russ Cargill has Russ Cargill has a lot of that in this movie. And I, first of all, I remembered the character named Russ Cargill. Like that's <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember it was Marlon from Finding Nemo. I didn't remember his name. Oh, that's hilarious, Albert Brooks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a. He, we just covered another episode uh, involving Albert Brooks. He's Hank Scorpio, like one of the, these iconic guest characters who plays this like super villain boss, and he's like definitely the highlight of that. And in my opinion, he's the highlight of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's so like, he's a recurring character or a recurring voice in the Simpsons yeah. world, right? Okay. Yeah, but and also just Albert Brooks is just like yeah. a superstar. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I really he's very memorable to me. I, I was like with the with the folders and the he goes on. I think he does it as Marlin too, but like these like when he's like hyperventilating and talking very quickly, and he's like, I don't remember the moment, but uh, I like he's like very intense about it, and I remember like the intensity. And one of his employees was like, "Sir, are you not well?" Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, there's a moment in the the other one's called "You Only Move Twice," and he's like he greets the family at the door and he comes in and he's like, oh, I got papayas, 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 papayas. And it's like yeah. the whole thing, like they're full of papayi. <laughs> he's like, his intense energy is just amazing. It's so good. I, I think he's such a great voice actor, but uh, we, we go back. Um, so now the pollution setup is there. Uh, Homer brings home spider pig. Marge is freaking out because Twisted Tail is part mm-hmm. of the prophecy. Uh, and then uh, Lisa's gushing over Colin. She even says that like she loves him and that he listens. And Marge is like, uh, "Listen, you have got to appreciate that now because men are trash." Basically, <laughs> oh. <laughs> most uh, important thing is that he listens to you. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, then she looks up. She's like, "How do the spider tracks get on the wall, or the pig tracks get on the wall?" And Homer does the classic. on the ceiling, Felipe. On the ceiling. <laughs> on the ceiling. I'm sorry, Naomi. Do you want to take it from here? Describe your favorite scene in cinematic <laughs> history. Correct. Um, so I, if Spider Pig was a moment, it was a cultural touchstone for 2007, 2008 for me in middle school. And I feel like 
when you if you say the word spider pig like everybody who anybody who's a millennial knows what spider pig means at this point in time and the song slaps you know <laughs> that's the kind of shit that like my dad would be singing like years down the line because it's so stupid but it's so funny um homer simpson has a pig uh upside down putting his little hoofs against the ceiling and his, his name is spider pig guess whatever yeah. spider pig does and let me just respond to john john's question like did did uh spider pig inspire spider ham from the spider-man series and uh unfortunately no spider ham existed in the comics since 1983 a quick google search tells me but if you do google his wikipedia page the simpsons movie is listed in like notable works or whatever <laughs> um so Lindsay, what was it like finally seeing spider pig on t- uh, like in action yeah it was like the moment that i knew about i have it highlighted here this was the only thing i knew about in this movie <laughs> um i think there was a moment like very much around this time on family guy where peter is like in a spider-man costume going like no 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 spider-man um so I think I was like, not a hundred percent sure which one was which, like if this was the one that had like the Batman Spider-Man combo or if anyway, so that was really all I knew. It was fine. Uh, I have no huge complaints here. I did really like Homer brushing the pig's hair at one point. So like, I, I, I find this pig charming. Were you aware of Harry Plopper or no? Not even a little bit. Okay, no. So that was at least a blind side probably. Yes. hundred percent um, it was. So yeah. Marge is like, what are you doing with the, with the pig's, um, with the pig's waist and he's like yeah i put it in the silo and i kind of helped with it and then marge's like okay you gotta go get rid of it because it's overflowing and it's nasty so he takes it to the to the um what's the what's the word that like the dump the hazardous waste facility mm-hmm. and yeah well there's also that great like scene of like homer with the the monkey and the symbols playing yes. in his head and then like <laughs> That that always that was something I remembered a lot, but like just pig crap and a and a, a little goofy looking pig drawing that Homer puts on. Like I do think that for all the Simpsons movie sort of has that are jokes that are kind of like like toilet humor and stuff. Like there are pretty like the baby game that Bart is playing in church that like Maggie takes away from him. Like there are some funny sort of like more rude or sort of like blue humor jokes that are like yeah, this is just funny. Like. A silo that says pig crap on it is hilarious to me. And I don't know why, but it is. Make that your new Twitter header. Um, <laughs> instead of that, the nighttime frog. No, I'll, I'll take a screenshot of it and tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they, Homer then uh, Lenny calls and is like, yo, Homer, you got to get down here because they're, they're giving out donuts like hotcakes. Um, and <laughs> he's like, I got to go. And that's when we see Chief Wiggum like eating the donuts off his gun, which... Right awful but homer's like oh i gotta go i gotta go and we never even see him get the donut which bothered me a little bit like if he's gonna literally poison the earth can he at least can we at least see the the successful donut mission come like complete (laughs) it's a good call we need the payoff (laughs) yes Um, yeah this is and i think the driving scene is another example of like what i do like about this movie a lot is that they they really like up the animation in a lot of ways but i think in in interesting ways like the way that homer is driving right into the lake and like the sinking of the silo like they don't look like a typical simpsons episode but i do think that they're working a lot harder to make it look visually interesting and like more visually dramatic and i i I think that's a great um part of this movie is that like even if it doesn't feel like authentic simpsons it does feel like they're trying to be more compelling with what they do and how they design their shots 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, Lindsay, as someone who's seen like so many Simpsons episodes, did like the animation feel more elevated? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think like certainly even if you jump into, I think it's like season 20 or something when they hop into HD full time. And like, if you just go between watching one of the early episodes to one of the newer ones, it's just such a stark contrast in terms of just how smooth it looks. And I think some, there have certainly been some complaints from like the more pedantic Simpsons fans who are like, it's too produced now. And like, there's no heart anymore, which like, whatever, it looks amazing. Um, and then like, and I, th- I guess we said at the beginning, like they clearly put so much effort into this and it does feel like it's certainly an achievement, like for any criticisms I might have, like this is an animating achievement. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, so yeah, so Homer dumps the silo and then he's like, drive, drive, drive. Cause, cause uh, spider pigs in the front. He's like, oh, I got to <laughs> drive there. Um, and I then, love your delivery on that. The spider pigs in the front, obviously, yeah. as he would be. <laughs> I mean, I bet spider pig is probably like, if they ever did a Mario Kart of the Simpsons, they probably <laughs> have, or if they haven't, they probably should. Uh, spider well, pig uh, Lin- Lindsay, what do you think of spider pig is like, as just like a physical humor presence like when you know he like barfs up the phone and stuff like I, I feel like oh there's also that weird where okay maybe we should kiss to break the tension is one of the weirdest fucking scenes in this yeah. fucking movie yeah that was weird <laughs> Super but weird. but what i'm curious Lindsay, what you think of spider pig as like a comedic presence as a whole yeah i don't have a problem with him i think he's good and like i like when homer is fond of things like that's when he's at his best and I think the episodes where I always have the biggest problems with Homer is when he's being an asshole because I'm just like no no like go back to being a nice guy please like show us some heart and I think when he's just like delighted by a pig wearing clothes like how can you argue with that <laughs> I mean I feel like who who wouldn't be delighted by a pig wearing clothes exactly I too would be delighted by a pig wearing clothes so no arguments yeah um so we go to uh the well we immediately see the payoff because the squirrel jumps into the river being chased by a, another animal um and pops out with like a thousand eyes mm-hmm. um which another part of the prophecy um and then we go to we skipped over the the scene where uh bart or homer is playing with spider pig and bart is sitting on the tree and flanders makes him some hot cocoa and this hot cocoa lived rent free in my mind it still does <laughs> forever my dad would then make hot chocolate and be like do you want a flanders hot chocolate or oh my god because then he would like he i think he would put the marshmallow but he wouldn't like put the flame on it but everything else he did oh my uh, god Na- naomi what did you think of it i want the I, exactly this cocoa has lived rent free in my mind for truly what is it 10 plus years like I I love this visual. The little the little vacuuming he does on his kids to like get the crumbs up, you know, like it's such a sweet and cozy moment. And like I I don't know too much about like what you, like you guys describe as flanderization. I mean, I know that like basically they sort of reduce him to like not what the character used to be, but I think that this is a great example of like Flanders actually being a very um inviting character and not just being like an annoying presence in the show and i think that it's again it's like really good storytelling and i actually i love the marge storyline a lot but i also really love the bart storyline a lot like if i'm ranking them i think the marge storyline is my favorite followed by bart and then i guess lisa lisa doesn't actually really have that much of a storyline she doesn't have a ton of agency so it's like homer is the next best storyline but it still has like it's it's that one's a real miss in a lot of places but i really love these the Bart storyline a lot in this movie. It's so cute. 
Well, and to that point, like I would actually argue apart from the like parapolegerino or whatever, uh, this is actually a movie where he's fairly not flanderized to some extent. Like he's actually just being a nice guy and like a good mm-hmm. neighbor and like being kind to a kid next door. Or like when we say he's flanderized, it's normally like he's just constantly talking about religion and doing the like diddly doodly stuff all the time whereas here like he actually does have way more of a character going on and that hot cocoa looked amazing i loved part like sneaking it over and going like oh my god yeah Yeah. bart bart's reaction is like all of us yeah exactly um yeah that's it's such a funny line reading um from nancy cartwright of like oh my god like he just freaks out i said yeah. afterward i was like do we need should we get a little blowtorch like do we need that for our brush pillows? yeah uh naomi when we when the three of us hang out you got to make some hot cocoa this uh, why do i have to make it because you're the one who probably oh no Lindsay also has camping experience i think but like, not really not my camping okay. experience i was a girl scout when i was 10 felipe oh that's, that's not that the same it. you know how to make those like little you know the perfect temperature of marshmallow to flame ratio that means you have a lot of s'more experience, probably, as a girl. Scout. Okay, that's true. I would say camping, <laughs> no. S'mores, yes. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, so then Flanders invites Bart to go fishing, and he's like, he, we see the flashback of Homer taking Bart fishing, throwing the, the fly killer into the water, and all the fish is coming up. Um, that's another visceral scene Felipe do you remember that scene like that do, scene yeah. st- stuck in my head a lot I remember too. especially when he bites the fish and then he's like, Ugh. like <laughs> the, the visual um uh the the one that is coming up is the four Springfields and then the jabby 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 that's the one that I remember more than um, oh, oh yeah um, <laughs> but yeah so Flanders takes Bart fishing and he's like oh you got a nibble you got a bite and they get the fish and then Flanders shows them the four states that border Springfield, Ohio, Nevada, Maine, and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, so you didn't know that part, Lindsay? No, I'd never heard that before. Oh, okay. That's, uh, I, I know they had like a contest, I think, for like which Springfield was going to get the opening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Springfield, Vermont won. I right. saw this okay. in the IMDb last night. Yeah, so uh, Springfield, Vermont won, and that's probably the one near Maine. But there's also Springfield, Mass, Springfield, Illinois. So there's so many Springfields. Do we know canonically which one it's like the most like when it, which one they would use the most like with all the like travel specific episodes or no? Yeah, in all of them they usually say things like like the closest they ever came. They did this episode that was supposed to spoof behind the music and it's called Behind the Laughter and they were like this place from North Kentucky or whatever. <laughs> so okay. they often will just like add in like made up states um, yeah. or they'll say like whatever state Springfield is in or whatever. So, for the uh, Phineas and, go. for the Phineas and Ferb podcast, we kind of just established it's like wherever they need it to be. Like one episode they go to the Mount Rushmore exhibit, but then in another episode they're like in New York. So it's just wherever they need it to be. For the yeah, plot. exactly. Which I like. I mean, there's no reason to get, there is no good reason to establish like an actual location for a cartoon. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then we see the squirrel and Bart's like, jabby, jabby. And Flanders is like, God intended all creatures to be beautiful or whatever. He says something like preachy. And then as Bart's jabbing, like one of the, one of the, um, government agents is like one more jab and you're going to be in a, a federal prison or whatever. Um, <laughs> So they take the squirrel to uh, President Schwarzenegger um, and uh, Marlon. What's his name again? Russ Carlisle? Russ Cargill. Russ Cargill. Russ Cargill. Cargill. (laughs) Um, He comes in and he's like, 
yeah, pick a, pick a folder. We have like five different actions, like all state-of-the-art ideas run by the government. And he's like, three. And he's like, don't you want to read them first? And he's like, no, I was born to lead, not to read. <laughs> I was that- elected to lead, not to, oh my God, Felipe, come on, man. <laughs> I wrote this down. It's very good. It's a great so line. I, that line lived rent free in my head for many years as well. Naomi, talk to me about this line. Um, so I wrote down exactly three notes watching this movie. <laughs> I wrote, I was elected to lead, not to read. Spider Pig is iconic. And then what I forgot to mention earlier is when Homer's in church and says, praise Jeebus, that's another one. And that's it. That's all I wrote about this movie because I honestly was just having a good time. Um, and like this Arnold Schwarzenegger as a president joke is so funny. The whole idea that like EPA, like EPA is like the least powerful government agency and like Russ Cargill's on a power trip, like... There's so much sort of goofy stuff in this movie. And then I think uh, to top it all off, the funniest possible thing is that like the dome, like Stephen King, like kind of accidentally made this idea up at the same time. And like, it was this weird thing where it wasn't actually really a parody if I'm, if I remember correctly, but then it like unintentionally kind of became a parody of Stephen King. I like, I love that about this movie that like they weren't really trying for that, but then it kind of exists, you know, like, that sort of weird parallel thinking. I love that about this stupid dome idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, like this movie, like hit differently with this viewing because of the pandemic and everything, like them being trapped in the dome and like the 90s, like it's obviously a different scenario, but it definitely like was weird watching it with all that context now of like what we've lived through. And, uh, but I still love the movie like wholeheartedly as Derek F would say. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we we get the dome, they put it over, and then they're, everyone's like upset. They try to break it, um, and we find out that Maggie, the sinkhole on the sandbots, can like she can get out of the dome, but everyone else is stuck in there. Uh, and they go. There's no Botox. There's no. Uh, they're running out of electricity. Um, all this uh, running out of gas, and then they end up going uh, finding the pig silo in the lake and it's Homer's like ha they'll never they'll never know it's us and then they turned around and says return to Homer Simpson and the mob comes in yeah I, the moment with Kent Brockman when he's saying like oh there's no Botox and then his face just like completely melts that's one of the things that they just do all the time in these modern ones where there's yeah. like there's an entire episode where Sideshow Bob like like transplants his face with someone else's and then oh my like God, transplanted that one, I've seen that one that oh, <laughs> nightmare fuel Yes, and then the that. transplanted face just like keeps coming off. Like it's uh, it's very weird. Sideshow so, like, Bob wasn't in this, was he? No, yeah, no appearance from Sideshow Bob that I can yeah. recall. Yeah, so, but yeah, so I don't, I don't love that stuff, but like I did enjoy that they're like, okay, like nobody watches this channel. Don't worry, like no one's gonna know to come after me. <laughs> and then Lisa comes in and she's like, I hate you. And like, I think them escaping from the dome is one of the more memorable scenes like of the whole movie for me. Like, it, cause like then Homer goes to the window. And he's like, they don't even know where we live. And they all turn around. And then he's like, where's it? Like get the family, where's grandpa? And grandpa's like, I'm part of the mob. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the chain, first of all, the chainsaw bit, that's iconic, yeah. the like, you know, making the chainsaw noises. But also I have to say a weird turn of events where like they keep, you know, Homer keeps saying things like they're going to take you guys. They're like, no, we just want Homer. But then there are like five nooses and it's like, wait a minute, hang on. I don't know what's going on anymore. Like, but it's a very weirdly violent sort of set piece, but I do think it's funny. Like, again, it just shows to show like how kind of dumb, like the citizens of Springfield are. 
um, in in the context of this movie. And then like Homer, absolutely iconic is Homer trying to get through the um, the sinkhole and flipping them off and then getting stuck. That's another iconic part of this movie. Yeah, I also like that's the scene where you see like the most amount of cameos. And I remember they like put like 320 cameos when I was reading on it, like of different characters from Springfield. Like that's something that they really focused on with that scene to get as many characters as they could. I didn't um, know that. That's cool. I think my favorite moment from the mob was like when um, Colin has flowers and Lisa's like, oh, and then Carl turns to him and he's like, let me get that for you. <laughs> like <laughs> lights the, the flowers on fire. Um, and uh, I think Nelson's also the one who has the red arrow because he wants to see which one he kills. Um, yeah, that was one of the notes I had of like, these are the, <laughs> the things I don't like about new Nelson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Ugh. it's like oh god i promise i'll stop i said i would stop no, but I won't. go ahead go uh, ahead <laughs> um so like in the early episodes there are a lot of moments of nelson where he's like he, like he has a horrible home life and like things are actually very hard and he has these moments of vulnerability and it's kind of the same thing with bart where like the best episode or one of the best episodes for bart and the most relatable he like fails a test and is just like sobbing and being bart like i tried so hard yes i love that episode yeah. so much and like i just love when they're more relatable and like these moments of like i'm using a red arrow so i can see who i killed i'm like what happened to you man like you used to yeah. be so nice you've changed <laughs> you've yeah. changed yeah exactly Exactly. Yeah, but Flanders helps him out. He 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 is like, oh, your dad would do. And Bert is like, no, nah. no, he wouldn't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they they race across. Um, and uh, Spider Pig betrays Homer in this moment. Like he knocks the little thing off. But um, oh, yeah, I don't think we see Spider Pig for the rest of the movie after that, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Just to circle back one of the, I did like the dome like line when like the dome falls over. And he's like don't, and but it's like a dome like as the as the parody but uh they end up getting into the treehouse maggie's like let's go to the sandbox and marge is like no we'll play later and they all just maggie shows them what's up and they all jump in and then homer goes in slowly he's flipping everyone off and they're like let's claw at his head and that i remembered that part um and then the i don't think i think what something that we need to bounce back on very quickly is the spider pig song because uh we (laughs) I don't think we actually talked about the like the song song. Yes, do you want to sing it um, first, Naomi? L- no, literally <laughs> written by Hans Zimmer. Like that song <laughs> haunts my nightmares because that is a very spooky sounding song. I have mm-hmm. to say. Wait, but we're talking we're talking about the one like when he's in the like when he's tripping, right? Does he have it when he's tripping, or does he sing no, it he earlier? Does the, he does the regular one when he's on the wall, like Spider Pig, Spider. Pig. But then there's like the spooky version, which is like when he's tripping and he's like when the trees are slapping him oh does it really occur that late in the movie never okay i just wanted to make yeah. sure that we didn't i was like bro, you're not talking gonna... about the original one where he's just like holding the pig and he's like no i was like bro people are gonna rip us to shreds if we don't talk about this <laughs> song but i'm okay i'm a little too early hang on we'll get to it later yeah. never mind um moving on yeah no i marge also grabs the wedding video and cleans a plate um i hate leaves. that she cleans a plate oh my god i hate that joke <laughs> i hate yeah. that so much yeah <laughs> But she grabs the wedding video. They they end up, they're on the run. Um, Colin says goodbye and writes a little song for Lisa, um, which was not that special, Lisa. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> have, have better taste. Um, but So basic. <laughs> yeah, so they end up, they end up uh, going, they need to get a car. So they uh, go, oh wait, no, they go to the hotel first. And that's when Bart's drinking, right? Yes. Yeah, the, there's trouble. the... the... They have the yeah, moment here the where, hotel, 
they, yeah. they need to escape and rest cargo stops them and they're like that's the moment where they get the thing where it's like you're going mad without mad with power and he's like of course i am you ever try going mad without power it's boring no one listens yeah, to that, you. that's what i was thinking about it. yeah <laughs> great line he's so good i love him so much yeah um so they go they go and they end up in a hotel room bart's troubled and they all like lambast homer and he's like marge i need to tell you like you only get to say this once in a marriage that i need you and you know what they say when someone says that and she's like i'm in okay and they decided to go get a car from this uh that like he's like america it's this great place where all the you can get money in different ways and they go to this carnival uh where they do the motorcycle thing ten dollars they only have ten dollars and homer succeeds because lisa coaches him and the guy gives him an extra chance so uh naomi what did you think of this all um, I mean, it's it's like a weird thing where I remember it being way more powerful when I watched it as a kid, and then it was just like speed up, and I was like, oh, well, that yeah, that that makes sense. Okay, like so, Lindsay, I'm curious what you thought of this scene. First of all, weird stereotypes in this fucking like mm-hmm. brutal stereotypes in this weird carny scene, but then also like the whole like triumphant moment is like obviously it's set up for later, but it's like not even that good. Yeah, one of the things that actually reminded me of, so there's an episode where Homer goes to clown college and one of the things he has to do is like ride a tiny little bicycle through a hoop and he really struggles with it. It's like the thing he can't do in clown college and like the pinnacle of that episode is he successfully makes it through the little loop-de-loop. So I thought there was a lot of uh, a lot of similarities here. Maybe his skills didn't transfer, I guess. It, yeah, it was, um, that scene stood out to me. Like this, the sequence of scenes that come up, like, I remembered them all individually, but I didn't remember what happened what because I, I remembered the scene where they're in the in the 7-Eleven, basically, when oh, yeah, Bart imposters them. Like I remember jerky, that much earlier. Beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Marge Naomi? Not really. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so they get the they get the truck and Homer's like, let's go to Alaska. So they they end up stopping there. And Marge gets anxious because the cop car pulls in. And it's just uh, two, two uh, gay cops and they go make out near the motel. Um, and that was like kind of a diversion of the expectations. Gay rights. Yes. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Bart and Marge are in the hotel and she's like, Bart, you're 24 hours sober? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, watch me. And he slingshots Homer's hot dog. Um, and then Homer <laughs> had another hot dog in his pocket. But they, they, Marge sees their wanted poster on the wall because they are fugitives. Um, and Bart actually asked for lots of beef jerky. Do you want to do it again? No, uh, but what I have to say is that, like, I, I there is this weird part of the story where it's basically like Russ Cargill's trying to hide what they're going to do to Springfield, but then it feels like if there was a giant dome placed over a city, like, surely somebody would notice. Like, it is this weird story element of just like they're trying to hide that Springfield is going to be like kind of like polluted and and cut off from society um and then the government's doing it i guess but like it's not fully feasible in any way but i do like russ cargill as a villain as a whole because he does feel very um like (laughs) like later when we see like the government found someone like there are a lot of great sort of like the government sucks jokes in this movie which i was surprised in retrospect Um, so you're saying that the government thinks they can get away with things that they actually can't (laughs) 
sure yes we'll yeah. say um, <laughs> I want to know what like Lindsay I want to know Lindsay what your feeling is on like all of these sort of set pieces like the there's a lot of I feel like emotional beats as well as comedic beats like Bart telling Homer that he wished Flanders was his dad and then like getting choked out and going like diddly diddly like I feel like there's a lot going on in this scene yeah definitely a lot going on I think that Homer and his kids dynamics are some of my favorites like especially Homer and Lisa I find really compelling in a lot of episodes this one I think it's interesting how he's like oh I wish Flanders was my dad and I think the payoff at the end of the episode is going to be pretty good but I do think it comes it's a bit weird how they frame it of like Bart is 10 super wasted because he misses Ned like it's a little weird <laughs> but yeah. yeah I do like the the payoff in the end like even if this part's like a little bizarre how they execute it I think the payoff is good yeah I, I agree with that like they, they there's like some weird comedic moments that still make me laugh like when Bart's shoving the photo of Flanders in his face like how do you do it Lee how do you do it Lee? yeah um do do does Bart get choked out a lot in the show itself or is that just like mostly in the like I don't remember like that happening a lot in the episodes but I do remember like Homer being kind of an asshole oh yeah Bart gets he gets strangled just constantly especially yeah, okay. in the very very early episodes that was like a whole thing of him strangling yeah. him I feel like it actually doesn't happen as often now but there's like a trios of horror episode where Homer strangles him and his neck just like gets longer and longer and longer and turns into like a <laughs> coil almost <laughs> like it's very bizarre yeah. <laughs> yeah some of my Simpsons memories are like real clear and then some of them are like super fuzzy so <laughs> I appreciate having uh, an expert here no oh, um, I feel like your fans are gonna be like this is insufferable make her stop <laughs> no no listen we don't we don't come to the nail movies to like celebrate every single plot detail we come here to like critique um, <laughs> I, I come here to tell you about on movies and eat popcorn and I'm all out of popcorn like yeah <laughs> if you thought this was like we were like lambasting this movie a lot you should have listened to the pink panther where we're like this movie sucks oh listen listen to me call a bunch of tween girls the c-word in our stuck in the suburbs episode <laughs> iconic wow <laughs> i did bleep it out for for the, the children that listen. yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the tweens themselves um, yes but yeah so we can like fast forward i did love when bart drew the the people and it's like they're right there and mm-hmm. it was the other family um so yeah they they end up this really has always bothered me how did they drive to alaska did they go through canada like did they get on a boat like i don't i I, that's always confused me except if unless springfield is in alaska that's a good point yeah Yeah, i think they must go through canada right yeah okay i have to that's always what i assume but yeah they get there uh they they are given a hundred thousand no a thousand dollars for arriving um, and there was like, because then the, uh, you allow us to drill oil. Because um, fracking. Fracking, Because yes. fracking. Because RuPaul's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. RuPaul, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they go, and this is one of my favorite scenes is like when Bart's like angry and petty clapping to try to cause an avalanche. And Homer's like, Lisa, why are you not clapping for Alaska? Clap for Alaska. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And like the snow falls, but. There's also the the weird Disney sequence. Uh, I'm sure you both had thoughts on this, where the animals <laughs> come and help them. Um, yeah, get ready for sex. Yeah. <laughs> get ready for sex, Lindsay. I'm dying to know what you think of this moment. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I think it's like super 
bizarre and like the whole premise of it is pretty weird but like this is one of the things where like the conversations with rob have made me appreciate like the animators love doing this kind of shit that they're like oh my god it's so different and fun so like i, yeah. I do think it was well done and it felt super disney yeah. like i mean now that disney owns them it's like particularly yeah. notable I, it's a good I, send-up i think yeah no so i definitely remember so this was the first thing i ever watched when disney plus launched on this movie and I remembered it then and I remembered it now but the line where Mickey's like I'm the mascot of an evil capitalist corporation <laughs> like yeah Bart yeah. Bart pretends to be Mickey Mouse yes and I just it. thought it was so ironic because they actually own the Simpsons now it's like, <laughs> so funny that um but yeah so the it this scene was like very very interesting like even the animation style I feel like they like Disney fighted it slightly with the, like, mm-hmm. the animals and even making them a little more um Right. Yeah. But but I also think at the end of the day, like you do need like the the what's her name? Uh, like Marge and, and Homer need to have like this loving relationship. And I know that I've seen a couple of the episodes where like their their love for each other is very established. And it's like part of what the core of this movie is, is that like Marge is making a very heartbreaking decision. And like with that you have to establish like how much they both love each other and how much he drives her crazy and i think this is a good scene for sort of setting that up um and showing that like marge does care about him very deeply um i do think the joke like the joke like just lasts long enough i feel like if it was like 10 more seconds i'd be like this is too much and i want to close my eyes and run away that's Um, a good like those animals yeah yeah yes Um, (laughs) cute animals though good drawings yeah Mm -hmm. so Lindsay, like I have to imagine there's like so many episodes where Marge is like on the brink of leaving Homer, right? Like that happens all the time. Right? Oh yeah, all the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this um, is new so ground, it, but yeah, no, there are definitely episodes where it's like comes extremely close, or like that she actually does leave, or she like kicks him out of the house, and there's always this like very emotional reconciliation at the end. I think there's like a new episode that I haven't actually seen, but I think there's like a modern episode where they actually briefly do get divorced or separated or oh, something. Wow. Um, and then they get back together. There's an episode where Homer divorces Marge so that they can get remarried properly. Like it's all, it's it's definitely a thing that happens. There's the one time. he goes to hell, right? After like being like kind of oh, there, right? There's also that one, yeah, where he, yeah. it's a Trius of Horror one where he goes to hell and uh, the devil is like, I own your soul. And it's like, no, no, he wrote Marge a card that says she owns his soul. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. yeah. But yeah. this, this uh, also notably, problem. one of the things that we've pointed out a lot is that, uh, very positive on the show. Marge initiates sex a lot. Very sex positive Marge. We've discovered a lot of episodes featuring that. Yeah. We love that. Love to see it. <laughs> she knows what she wants. She does. She gets yeah. it. Um, but then they end up uh, seeing the ad with Tom Hanks being like, this is going to be the new Gorge. Um, and Marge is like, that's going to be Springfield. We have to go back to save it. And then she's like, Homer, there comes a time in every marriage. And Homer's like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, who made this up? And then Marge is like, goodbye. And like, they all like kick him out of the house. He's like, okay, I'm going to go play Grand Theft Walrus for a bit. And then uh, y'all, you all settle down. He goes, then he comes back and they're all gone. And he sees that Marge taped over the wedding video. And she's like, to prove to myself that this is final, I'm going to tape over the wedding video. So did you see this coming, Lindsay? Not at all. And I think it was a little bit out of nowhere. Like there have definitely been times where Marge is like, oh, don't make me choose between like, there have been a couple of things. One episode where she was like, don't make me choose between my man and my God. When Homer says he's not going to go to church anymore. There's like times where she's like very committed to 
the town and she's like don't make me pick the town over you kind of thing like that um so I didn't see this coming it felt quite sudden to me of like and I'm even taping over the wedding video I was like Jesus marriage like this escalated fast yeah Naomi yeah uh, well I think that that's also like um what the, this like sort of Homer storyline of like him just being so selfish and, and destructive it is a good like we so often see like characters being destructive without any consequence or being sort of like um like you know i think about like the always sunny in philadelphia guys where like you can see them sort of like or like even seinfeld to an extent where they sort of destroy the lives of the people around them and i think that's like what inherently is part of just like comedy where it goes on for a long time is that there's no sort of retribution like there would be in just a drama and so i think this is like a great plot point of like Homer is sort of like facing what he's done and and you can see that Marge Marge cares about a lot of people she has a lot of love for people and so she has this intense guilt about how she's fucking over her whole town and and how it is Homer's fault and then I think in a way it's it's like her fault because she's not she's not being uh she's not keeping him more under her wing and I like that uh the kids and and Marge are all kind of independently like we don't want to hang out with you you suck and you are destroying our town and all our friends are going to die. And that's where the Colin storyline I do think comes in really well is that like Lisa's like, I'm not going to let that motherfucker die because my dad put a pile of pig shit in a lake. Like I'm going back. It is a really fun storyline. I feel like in that regard, but then there's like, we're about to get into this shit with like uh, the, the sort of indigenous woman and like the throat singing where it's just like, it's played for such laughs in a way that's just like, oh, God damn it. Like yeah. this, this age is so poorly and is so not funny in like watching it back. It's like kind of painful to watch. This definitely yeah. the part to steal from Grace and Hudson's podcast that does not hold up though, mm-hmm. like at all. Like the worst part of the movie for me was like this stuff. And um, yeah, I think this was also Tress McNeil uh, who voiced uh, the indigenous woman. So yeah. Uh, so we get there um yeah homer is like by himself and he's like walking and he f- passes out and the indigenous woman saves him from being eaten by a polar bear and then the polar bear kicks this random creature like, I did not like fo- that. okay that was funny though that was funny then when they kicked the fox that was hilarious. i thought that was funny <laughs> i felt so bad um like the the credit sequence lied to lisa because that fox was definitely endangered um <laughs> I just want to like I know you you touched on the Tom Hanks ad I just want to make sure we acknowledge that that was a really good moment yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah Tazzle my hair Mr. Hanks like sure kid yeah. anyway. sorry yeah, Tom Hanks is <laughs> oh, yeah. really fun like with the people that they get for this movie like to, they had a lot of like voiceover people or uh voice cameos that they wanted to use but like a lot of them were cut like um Isla Fisher and uh like Kelsey I think Grammer. it's like Kevin Bacon yeah got cut like a lot of people got cut yeah. from the movie which is a shame yeah. but like I think it, it probably it almost, makes the story better. Yeah, like I feel like it, it could almost become too sort of stupid if it if there were like you know ten different voice actors contributing yeah. and taking away from it. Yeah, especially if they're all going to play themselves. Like it works for like Albert Brooks because he was playing a different character. But mm-hmm. um, we also skipped over the the scene where uh, Chief Wiggum, Apu, and uh, 
the Dr. Hibbert, they all go to Mr. Burns' place and Mr. Burns like, ah, yes, it finally pays off to be a rich white man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Mr. Burns, come yeah, on. Things, like, things are really deteriorating in Springfield, I guess. Like that's kind of the, the big takeaway and that's why Marge feels so committed to going back. It's yeah. actually something like I mentioned earlier, the 500th episode was like kind of similar. And it, it also ends with Marge being like, I simply must go back to Springfield and see it again yeah. because I love this town so very much. So, yeah. Yeah, loss was heavy in the air at this time. They had to go back. Yes. Um, um, so they, yeah, so Homer has this like spiritual journey with the indigenous woman where she like gives him some some drink and then he like has this vision and this epiphany where the trees slap him. And Naomi, do you want to talk about the spider pig song? Uh, cool, cool visuals, right? The sort of MC Escher-esque staircases. Uh, I, I feel like, the song kind of is really spooky in a lot of ways. Like it, it is kind of creepy sounding. And I feel like this is another, like, bro, people went nuts for this fucking song somehow. Like it's really <laughs> weird how much people liked this song after this yeah. movie. And there were some stuff that like Americans will never understand. Football, that's not the epiphany. Um, there was another one that was like two shakes and it's pleasuring yourself or something. Like, and I was like, and there was one more. Um, I didn't write that one down, but I, I definitely was like, and then he finally gets and he's like, I can't be selfish. Oh, bananas are a good source of potassium. Yes. That, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the trees are not having it until he like starts thinking deeply. Um, and so he, he, they rebuild his body and then the indigenous woman sends him off and he, he rides the huskies and then they like betray him later because he was like awful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he has a lot- Mushing them too hard. Yeah. Too hard. He's like, why does everything I whip turn against me? <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, and then the indigenous woman, he sees a vision of her and she, with her breasts, he calls her the boob lady at one boob point. Boob lady, yeah. Yeah. She like. And they don't even name the character. I feel like that's the egregious part, right? Like uh, if it's a, if it's a joke about her boobs, okay, fine. But they never actually give her a name. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's almost more, this is just like so insulting on top of everything She's else called that they're doing. medicine woman, apparently. Right. Like just yeah. give her a fucking name. Yeah, and just like, I mean, the throat singing is clearly played for laughs. It's like, oh my God, look at how ridiculous this is. And like, she's a boob lady. She's got big boobs and she's going to point the way. And it's just like, all right, come on. Like, how yeah. much do we have to do that is offensive here? And that she like blows into his mouth and he becomes a balloon. And like, yeah, yeah, it was like, that's probably the my least favorite part of the movie. But uh, mm-hmm. he uh, he ends up immediately getting to Springfield, which again, Springfield can be wherever <laughs> it needs to be. Like he walks like two steps and he's there. Um, and then, uh, they, he, well, previously Marge and the kids got caught in Seattle because the government and Naomi, you mentioned this earlier, if you want to talk about this, but this is also the scene where Bart says that Mickey Mouse is a capitalist corporation. Um, I mean, just mood. I couldn't agree with you more, Bart. (laughs) Yeah. But this is where the government has an eavesdropper and they're like talking about the phone. They like track the phone calls and the guy's like, the government actually found something out for once. (laughs) um so uh they get caught and they're in the back of the van they get uh knocked out uh and then they homer with the sop sign um and there was something strange about that sop sign yeah there was another one that was like one they and there was one more the the yell um and homer tries to hit it with the with the what's that thing called yeah like a wrecking ball yeah Yeah. and then he gets caught um between a rock and a restaurant called The Hard Place, which John John tweeted us out about. Um, so, uh, yeah, was that was that also a Heidi quote? 
Amazon. Yeah, rocking a hard stone and the rock hard Amazon, stone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he ends up being like, okay, he's gonna. How did did they? I, logistically, I want to know how they got Marge and the kids back in the dome. Great question. <laughs> Does it have a door? <laughs> they just like put them down and through the hatch on the top. That's a great call. Yeah. That yeah. that is something that has always bothered me, but. Uh, they're they're back in there and then they decide to throw the bomb because that's uh th- I did like the line where he's like not three no uh less and then he's like one no uh higher five uh and then he just jumps around he says yeah. six too high uh six no three you already said three two double that four um <laughs> no. yes that one and that's he's gonna demolish Springfield um and he throws the bomb in there and Homer's like okay let me go and then they the, meanwhile the citizens of Springfield decide to distract with Cletus he's going to talk about the rat and then they're going to climb up and get rid of the uh, and are they going to get rid of the bomb or are they going to escape that was not clear to me but Homer yeah there's like a the bomb is hanging down out of this hole in the top of the dome and they're like oh if we like climb up the rope we can escape out of this dome but then Homer slides down it and knocks all of them out he skips the jetpack to get the super glue and then he's like crying ow ow um and he slides and they hate him which and then he kicks it and it halves the time as well goes down to four minutes Mm -hmm. uh we go to Bart uh Milhouse Milhouse tries to hit on Lisa again but she like is like Colin Colin um, and then well, I, Bart- love, I love the, the the line that Marge gives. It's like the end of the world is family time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah doomsday is family that. time. Yeah, <laughs> I did love that too. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, Bart goes to see Flanders at the church, and then the kids are like, "No, you don't want to be here. You don't want to be uh, with <laughs> Flanders' kid." And the, Homer goes. Uh, he's like, he gets the motorcycle. He has another epiphany because the wind is blowing, uh, which that must suck to be in the dome with like no air like Mm -hmm. they mentioned that a few times like fresh air you can hear the birds singing like that truly truly awful but um there's a really brutal moment that i want to flag because like i feel like i've been too kind for the last minute and a half um (laughs) there's there's a moment that they have where there's like a a bomb disarming robot thing that's like working on the bomb and the bomb like or the robot starts panicking and he's like, oh, too much pressure. And then he shoots himself and they're like, he'd been talking about it, but I didn't take him seriously. And I just wrote, yeah. wow. Yeah. Tough look. That, yeah, that joke is like very dark and it, it comes at such a weird point in the movie mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, that could have been cut. Yeah. Uh, but again, like anytime Chief Wiggum's around, the gun is going to go off somehow. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> But on the, on the reverse, I love the... um. I love the, uh, we need someone stupid to distract him. And then Cletus just goes, my time to shine. Like, that's a great joke. <laughs> this is going to sound awful, but every time I saw Cletus, I'm like, Frenchie, what are you doing in here? <gasps> oh my God. That's it's a big brother reference. Yes. Good, oh. good. <laughs> that's yeah. a word I've heard in the last few weeks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, and I like how uh, Marlon, uh, what's he doing in Ruff? Ruff Russ. Russ Car- Carlin. Cargill. Cargill, oh my god. I'm gonna get flamed more than Lindsay is by the, the- <laughs> I'm hoping I'll take all the all the shots for you. Um, but uh yeah, he he's like, oh my god, I got outsmarted by an idiot. <laughs> like and he's like, it happens to the best of us. Like I, I once lost tic-tac-toe to a chicken. Um <laughs> great line, great line. Uh but yeah, so Homer ends up 
speeding through and Bart's like, you can hold the bomb. He, he offers bomb, Bart to hold the bomb. And then Bart's like, okay. He's like, I wish Homer was my dad. Those are uh, Flanders' kids. And he speeds off and we come back to that scene at the carnival. No, you're missing, you're missing the best line, Felipe. Oh my God. Because <laughs> I wish I wish Homer was my daddy. He goes, and I wish he didn't have the devil's curly hair. And like, it just like, is such a stupid, like that's such a great sort of Flanders joke where you're like, oh yeah, right. Flanders a little bit of a lunatic too. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, perfect. Yeah. And this is like after his wife passed away, right? That was like really early yeah, on, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that was season 11 maybe. Yeah. Okay um so yeah so homer speeds through and then the bart's falling and like pulls his hair and his like clothes and his like beard off and then but then bart tosses the bomb and then it like does that teeter-totter like at the top and then it falls and it explodes and the glass cracks um and i was surprised no one got injured in the glass like just like (laughs) broke peacefully like that that would have killed people besides that one guy Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be voiced by edward norton um, and then they they didn't like how it sounded so then uh dan costa castanea is that how you say his name castellaneta castellaneta uh did the voice for that nice um i don't know if either of you caught the the reference here when they're going across springfield gorge was that something i yes, you were uh, familiar with the, Bart, yeah. the daredevil episode or one of the yeah, yeah. crashes yeah. in and then the ambulance was there yeah exactly so like that was a that, that must be season one i guess or something season one or two two, yeah yeah whereas bart's like trying to skateboard across springfield gorge and homer's like the only way i can show you how hard it is to watch a loved one risk their lives is for me to do it yeah and he tries and like it's this iconic scene where he just like falls into the gorge gets brought up in an ambulance and then falls back into the gorge and so they finally made it across springfield gorge and i have written here wow what a throwback so that's great i love that were there any other references that you saw throughout the movie like that you were like oh my god yeah, I guess just, like I think I've yeah I've mentioned a couple that like whether they were intentional or not like the clown college thing with the yeah. the little loop de loop I think that was a good one. Um, yeah, I, nothing beyond that one. This one was the best one in my and it was opinion. like it felt deliberate. It very like deliberate this. and it felt very like that that to me was very satisfying. It was like whoa, you're gonna have a movie and you're gonna like finally get them across the gorge together. That's great. So I like that. Yeah, but then. Uh... Russ, he shows up, he's gonna shoot them, and he says, uh, and he's about to shoot them, and Maggie throws a rock on him. He he is knocked out. And then we get the the romantic Homer picks up Marge and they speed off. And I guess that's the end. No, there's a there's a final scene where Bart and Homer are on the roof, and uh yeah, they there's more dares happening and it's uh more shenanigans there. And then the credits roll, and then did did either of you watch the credit sting at the end uh the one in the theater yeah where they like are the, the, the i like the tom hanks one it's just like leave me alone yeah <laughs> if you ever see me in real life leave me alone <laughs> yeah um yeah but the one where they're also like there and bart's like uh and he's like i want to leave i need to go to the bathroom and homer's like no we need to watch and see all the pe- all the names of the people who worked here um and then lisa's like i just want to make sure none of the animals were harmed in the making of this production <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah and that's the Simpsons movie so do we have any like thoughts about the movie as a whole I know I did a lot of talking about the plot but any like things that I jumped over that like you want to hit on Naomi you want to go first um well I'm so curious Lindsay about your thoughts because I think overall like when I watch this movie back the stuff that doesn't hold up I think we all know is pretty clear mm-hmm. but overall I 
I think a lot of what we were trying to do with Nao movies, uh, not to name drop my own sort of podcast section name, but uh, <laughs> is that we, we were really trying to look at like movies that we remembered from when we were kids and just like look at either how kind of bad they were or, you know, maybe if, if they do hold up, where do they hold up? And this is actually, I would say, a movie that holds up pretty well. Um, it is PG-13 and like is not technically for kids, but like as a middle schooler, this movie stuck with me very deeply. And like, it is, it did actually make me want to go back and watch really early Simpsons. Cause like, I do love a good, you know, like the like funk dancing for self-defense jokes and things like that. Like those, those jokes always make me laugh when I see them in my timeline and I'm like, hmm, maybe I should go back and watch all of these, all of the Simpsons now. So if you, oh, the good stuff. if you like Futurama, I think you all really, really, really like early Simpsons. Uh, like, I feel like the best way to explain this is like, there are whole stretches in early seasons where I will end every episode with tears in my eyes because I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, like this is so heartfelt and beautiful. And like, there are legitimately moments of just like true joy and family bonding. And it's incredible. So like, this didn't have that for me, which is like a bit of a bummer, but this is far, far from the worst that the Simpsons can produce. The, I, I thought the storyline to this was like actually pretty cohesive and like they did a good job of actually using like Lisa to a lesser extent. Um, but I think they do a good job of like using all the characters and like as as I said before like it's clearly an event this doesn't just feel like a long Simpsons episode it's like this is bigger than itself I think they did a good job of that and I think Russ Cargill is a treasure <laughs> yeah <laughs> or Albert yes. Brooks please <laughs> exactly yeah I think that's actually a great way of phrasing it is like it doesn't so many like tv movies or like movies based on tv shows feel like they are just a bloated and actually Felipe, I think we got to add the SpongeBob movie to the list because yes, we do. I like the SpongeBob movie, I would be curious to look back and see if it falls under this category or if it actually fails to be like a for a bigger extension of what it's what the show is. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more, Lindsay. Like I'm going to cry though. Yeah, like that. This is a this is a very successful version of um, the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, In we could do like all the Nicktoon movies, like. I have so many thoughts, but that's for another date and time. Um, but yeah, Lindsay, did you have any like all encompassing thoughts besides what you just said, like to follow up with Naomi's or? Yeah, no, nothing more than that, really. Like I was pretty excited that I now have filled this gap in my knowledge. Like yeah. it was obviously a pretty sizable one to be like, I have a podcast about the Simpsons and I've never seen the Simpsons movie. Well, are you too aware that there's like <laughs> talks and they're like working on a sequel at this point in time? Oh God, oh no. Uh, I don't know that I would watch, I would not be watching that. Will I watch it? Probably. <laughs> will, it, will it be as good as this one? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that you, you, you could not pay me to watch another simpsons sequel right now like i'm i'm i'm, I'm fully beaten by yeah. i very this. much want you to watch the early episodes though and i would love for you to report back and tell me what you think yeah. <laughs> Naomi, i think i watch bart bart the genius that's like my all-time favorite one uh and uh, obviously bart gets enough Lindsay mm-hmm. plugged that so one earlier good. actually Lindsay, before we get into like our regular like things that we have mm-hmm. uh are there like three, four, five episodes that you're like, Naomi, you need to watch these ones specifically or any listeners out there. Oh my God, Felipe, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) So I have a a full-on ranking of the episodes that we have covered just on the podcast. But so my top five episodes at the moment, 
Number one, a streetcar named Marge. It's when Marge is in a musical version of a streetcar named Desire. It has everything. It's got music. It's got incredible jokes. It's perfection. It's truly amazing. Uh, last exit to Springfield. This is also in season four. That one is about a worker strikes. So we get a lot of union talk in there. <laughs> Great Homer episode. Very, very strong. Lisa Substitute, season two. She uh, has a little visit there from, uh, who was her, who was the voice of this guy? Oh, if I'm going to get dragged about it. Oh, Dustin Hoffman, yes, is her substitute teacher. Beautiful moment. Uh, lots of crying from me at the end of that episode. <laughs> and Ho- Homer at the Bat is season three. Homer's on a softball team. You get nine cameos from very famous baseball players. Very, very good. And then Duffless also in season four. So season four is like really a high level one here. Yeah. But- so yeah, all of those ones, truly incredible. Please watch them. I would love to hear people's thoughts if they go and watch early Simpson episodes as a result of these recommendations. Yes, Naomi. I will also watch them before our next podcast and we can do like a little like recap before we get into whatever movie we choose next. Have you decided, Naomi, what that's going to be? Um, no, but also I cannot promise the same thing. I am about <laughs> to be incredibly busy. So don't put that on me. Okay. Streetcar Named Marge. Just watch that one. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'll watch that one. Okay. Um, Felipe, I think I it, it did hit me. I think we should do Stuart Little. I, like that's a movie that like looks weird in retrospect. The animation's a little iffy. When you think about the logistics, it's got Hugh Laurie and, and Gina Davis. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel okay. like it's got every kind of I weird. Stuart Little. <laughs> yes, he's the, he's the Stuart Little dad. That's incredible. I just referenced her a little like yesterday, which is very funny. There used to be this website called leasthelpful.com that had like the least helpful Amazon reviews. And someone was like, one star, not realistic enough, like lacking the <laughs> gritty realism of a talking mouse movie. <laughs> talking mouse movie where basically the the parents died because they were like crushed by a can or something like crazy. I think that's what we should watch next. I feel like Stuart Little 2 is more memorable to me, but like I am so down for Stuart Little 1. I think I, I have, you're, you're implying that I wouldn't watch both Stuart Littles. <laughs> I love it. I, I think I, ha- I know someone who I want to ask if they can do it. Like uh, someone from BU who literally did like a whole Stu- Stuart Little like piece for their stand-up show just like recently. So let me see if Danya is available, but like with or without Danya, we have to do Stuart Little. Danya, um, okay. She's so funny. Um, yeah, so let's talk about our scores. So one to five or zero to five. Uh, Lindsay, as the guest, how would you rate this movie? Zero to five. Oh, two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. It's like, it wasn't incredible. It wasn't unwatchable, especially the further into it we got. I was like settling in and like we were, we were hitting a stride. So I think I'll give the, it a two. the fun and game segment in screenwriting language, like the the one day, like, the mob comes after them and then before they get to Alaska, I think that's like my favorite part of the movie. Like just like these family shenanigans. They felt mm-hmm. like very family road trip movie. Yes. Uh, Naomi, what about you? How would you rate this movie? Um, I would give it a three solely for the um, American idiot uh, <laughs> funeral version joke. And I am going to go give it a three on Letterboxd right now. I realize I didn't log it on Letterboxd. So. Is it a three out of 10 or three out of five on Letterboxd? Three, three out of five, but that's like a, it's like a soft three out of five. It is okay. not like a, you know, it, it's not even close to the 3.5. So I preface this by saying I'm incredibly biased and this is like, oh boy, like oh boy. Uh, it's going to be a straight up five. Oh my God. It's going to be a straight up five. I can recognize all the flaws, but like this movie means a lot to me. So I'm going to give it a five and bro a five? Oh my god <laughs> just the on nostalgia glasses on like i gave the scooby-doo the live action scooby-doo movie a five as well so 
That movie's better than this movie. <laughs> okay, but we're not comparing that one to this one. We were comparing that one to the Scooby-Doo movies. We're comparing this to the Pink Panther, which I believe I gave a one. <laughs> so That's not how any of this works. <laughs> Maybe I will adjust in the future. But um, lastly, before we go, I do want to ask everyone for their MVP and LVP of the movie. And Lindsay, you can give your favorite background character as well as our guest. Okay, um, so... MVP Russ Cargill. <laughs> yeah, uh, no question. He is he is a legend. Um, LVP going to Ralph Wiggum because of that line. <laughs> like I am like boys now or whatever. I like men now. Truly trash. Um, and Ralph Wiggum will always be my LVP. Uh, and then in terms of uh, background characters, geez, I didn't think about that. Um, uh, can we give it to like uh, the woman playing the Green Day funeral song? <laughs> okay, so like. Green Day funeral song piano player. Yes, her name is Helen, if you would like to write that down. Helen. <laughs> She's the organist at the, at the, the church. Organist. <laughs> Love that. Okay. Naomi, uh, what about you? Where where do you have uh the who's your MVP and your LVP for this movie? So I actually say I have to say the MVP of this movie for me is Cletus. Um very, very funny line deliveries. I, I simply can't. Like so stupid in in its delivery and i think also a great embodiment of like the simpsons because so much of the simpsons is not only the family but the people that surround them and like those are great um those are great moments i also have to say we didn't talk about it but the joke at the end where mr burns is like if you smithers if you committed suicide it would maybe make me feel better is very funny like it's very dark but but a funnier sort of suicide joke um and then i really have to say the lvp of this movie uh is it Ralph Wiggum or is it the writers who wrote in the medicine woman I'm not sure it's either one of the two who who was it the writers who what whoever whichever one of those motherfuckers who in the writers room went well what if there was a really big boob lady who who was like okay. a parody of a, of a of an Inuit woman and they said yeah let's write that they are the LVP of this movie so the the screenwriter the racist There's a lot of credited screenwriters on this movie. I think one of the movies with the craziest amount of screenwriters I've ever seen. Oh, there are so many. <laughs> um, creative. Well, that that racist screenwriter. That's what I'm putting it in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought Naomi was going with Marge, and I feel like Marge is the heart of the movie, but like Bart is my favorite character. So like I'm gonna be basic and say Bart is the MVP. Um, LVP. Hmm. Let me let me uh can I give it to Hans Zimmer for that creepy, creepy? No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, the polar bear who kicked the fox. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the, the LVP for me. But yeah, so um, I guess that's kind of a wrap on the movie itself. Lindsay, first off, thank you for coming on. And where can people keep up with you? And do you have a pop culture plug besides like Simpsons and BoJack Horseman? Oh my God. Oh, this is so fun. Okay. So first of all, this was a delight. Thank you so much for having me. I of hope course. that people don't uh, get Yay! mad at you, but uh, things to plug. So Simpsons Then and Now is the most relevant podcast. And I guess I will plug We are currently on a bit of a hiatus because it was summertime and now I'm moving. It's a whole thing, but we will be back. We talk about an old episode and a new episode that have a theme in common. And then we just talk about how the show has changed. And then if you want to hear me talk about a show that I'm always positive on, <laughs> another animated show, you can check me out on Bojack Horsepod. We're doing like a totally spoiler free Bojack Horseman rewatch. So if anybody has never seen it, you won't get spoiled. You can watch along with us. Totally 
achievable. We're like halfway through season three right now and we're having so much fun with that. That's an incredible show. You you have like some, a writer has the attention of the podcast or like the podcast has the, like a writer's attention. The creator of BoJack Horseman, Raphael Bob Waxberg, tweeted at us something that was like super niche to the podcast. And I was like, oh my God, he's listening. We got to get him on. But we, uh, it's a little bit of radio silence right now from Arby Dub, but we're we're working on it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then a pop culture plug. It can be adult animation. It cannot be adult animation. Something that you're consuming that you think everyone should check out. Okay. So, I mean, I do think people should be checking out Bojack Horseman, but in terms of other podcasts, people should be listening to, you should be checking out You're Wrong About. It's an incredible podcast Mm -hmm. that is truly wonderful. It has been like the best thing that happened to me in the last three months. I cannot stop listening. They tell you about like a thing from like the eighties or nineties, or sometimes a little more recent that you kind of know something about, and then they explain it to you and it's wonderful. And I love everything about it. Yes. That's, that's a great plug. We, we don't have a ton of people plugging podcasts when they do these pop culture plugs. So we love, we love supporting this kind of content creation. Love um, to see it. This is like a bucket list guest. Like Lindsay Wilson is so oh my God. Absolutely. And funny. Like I am just so grateful that she said yes to being on this little, little engine that could podcast over here. Um, so thank you for joining us before we say goodbye completely. Naomi, where can people keep up with you and all the LRG podcasting you're doing? Um, yeah, I mean, you can look at Twitter, but more importantly, I have watched all of the Jackass films, including the <laughs> one, the, the 2.5 and the 3.5. So what I would suggest is following me on Letterboxd. Um, I am N-A-Y-O-H-M-I. Um, and uh, I have been logging a lot of movies lately. I just got really into, I watched Foxcatcher and then I watched Jackass, which really was like a double feature I did not plan. Um, but I've been having a great time on Letterboxd lately. So join me there, letterboxd.com slash Naomi. Yes, um, I'm dying. Maybe we'll have to do the Jackass series as its own like separate. Like, Bro, I could talk off. for hours about how Jackass is actually really good. Maybe a Mike <laughs> like, White was robbed bonus episode with Maddie Fresh. I know you wanted to talk about something with him. I want to talk about literally anything with Maddie Fresh. Here's what you do. Guys, if you like me, Tweet at Colin Stone and tell him that he should give me a Maddie Fresh podcast. That's <laughs> um, and then for me, you can follow the Brazilian Dragon app, Brazil Dragon Pod. Uh, we're doing a Scooby Doo movie this week with Naomi. We have to figure out that time, Naomi. Um, oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> Lindsay, if you ever have Scooby Doo thoughts, you're more than welcome on any Brazilian Dragon or Phineas and Fitz podcast. <laughs> um, it wasn't for you meddling kids or whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> And then also, uh, yeah, the High School Musical, the musical, the series season two finale dropped on Friday and Jason Curtis Rivera, Caitlin and I will discuss it over the weekend. Uh, we don't have an episode to beat against the cro- a clock. So we're going to take a little bit of time with this one. Um, and yeah, the Phineas and Fur podcast, we finished season one. We re- recapped the final episode with Chappelle. It was a lot of fun. And then Navi, Will and myself will get together to do some like season one, look back and figure out our plan for season two. Otherwise, you can follow my name at what the fleet, and you can find me in the post show recaps Discord where me and Lindsay became buddies. Mm-hmm. Just two best friends. Yes, I do want to say, Lindsay, thank you for a podcast you did four years ago. When my parents <laughs> forgot to pick me up at work, they went to Boston and they had to come back, and I listened to it in the parking lot. It was the oh. you and Rob 
going over the reunion moments. Oh my God. That was so much fun to do. And I was so scared because I was like, oh my God, Rob is so famous. And I'd never done a podcast before. It was very nerve wracking, but I That's actually so was, uh, I, I love that one. It was so much fun to do. And it was like a one-on-one thing. So it was yeah. very, very fun. I remember where I was listening to it and I was like, and I think the number one moment was the blood versus water cat. Yes. Yes. So, Just a little yeah. top heavy. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us. Check out all of Lindsay's podcast. Oh, my pop culture plug. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Never have I ever season two. It's still relevant. Go watch that. It's such a fun show. Um, and yeah, and always more Simpsons content. You can always go check. There's like so many seasons, but especially the first few. Um, yeah. So with all that being said, uh, should we leave the people with a hashtag? Oh, geez. Mm. Mm. hashtag i simply can't i simply can't love that yes <laughs> um in honor of cletus with that being said <laughs> hashtag i simply can't see you next time when we go back to the nail movies bye everyone bye, bye. Spider pig, spider pig, does what?